What's good, everyone, and welcome to Kaya's Commentary, where I give my commentary on pop culture topics, real-world issues, anything in between, and maybe even some advice every now and then. Before we get down to it, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at kaya.r.pennington, and you can follow Kaya's Commentary on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Kaya's Commentary. Also, be sure to hit the follow slash subscribe button, and if you're on YouTube, click the notification bell so you get notified when new videos drop. Now let's kick off the show with what's on the news, where I give my commentary on something I've seen trending on the news. Today's topic, the potential banning of TikTok. So this has been a conversation ever since like 2020 and Trump's administration. And personally, I really feel like it started to hone in for most elephant party members when um, Gen Z and maybe even Alpha 2 catfish trumped into thinking that he was going to have a lot of people at one of his rallies using tiktok and then when he didn't it was all that war on tiktok now yes that happened a little into his administration but personally i think that's like what really started it and i know biden is um pushing for it now this was a bipartisan agreement they came together to ban tiktok both democrats and republicans but my question is why why ban tiktok now the allegation is that the chinese government is using tiktok to gain um data on americans and yes that's scary i don't want a foreign government to have my information it's not like i'm doing anything bad on the internet but as a foreign agency foreign government why do you need that information the u.s agency collects that stuff for like terroristic reasons and dangerous reasons and stuff like that why do you need that but also, on in that same breath, I don't want the U.S. government to have my data. Like, again, I know why they, they track our stuff, but, like, companies in the U.S. sell our data, too. Facebook sells stuff. Twitter sells stuff. You could be talking about, I don't know, going to Disneyland and then all of, with your phone off, and then all of a sudden you got ads for Disneyland. Come on now. Like... I was talking to my friend a few weeks ago and she was telling me she was getting calls from Germany and Paris. Why? Because someone in the US sold her number there. All those those uh, collectors warranties on your cars and stuff is like people are selling your information here in the US. So I don't think that's like a, a reasonable like allegation because it's like y'all do it too. And maybe that's why y'all mad because it's like allegedly they're not doing anything that y'all couldn't or wouldn't do allegedly it's just that they're a foreign government so this is how a new stuff got real the ceo of tiktok came on tiktok and was like hey i'm the ceo of tiktok i'm here in washington dc for a congressional hearing um and it was like oh this is real oh okay and so basically what he said in his video he was like people use tiktok for all kind of reasons for educational purposes business purposes and hey most of the people using tiktok are the generation that gets to vote now okay and so that's how i knew it got real and then he got to the congressional hearing and it was awful it was awful these people had already made up their minds they would not let him talk they tried to have gotcha moments they were asking him ridiculous questions and it, i just felt so bad for the ceo because it's like to me anyway it looked like he thought he was coming there to really defend his app and be like let's see if we can 
work something out and they were just talking over him they wouldn't let him speak somebody asked these are along the lines some of the questions they asked him does tiktok connect to wi-fi what <laughs> so if i'm at home and i'm using my wi-fi um at home does tiktok connect to that wi-fi like any app that needs internet yeah yeah but like maybe what you're asking is a technical question so let me get back to you yeah get back to me because i would love to know that answer what does tiktok scan our faces are they spying on us and this guy is from singapore right they kept calling him a communist chinese spy and it's like whoa singapore is in southeast asia but like whoa racist much somebody said uh look at me when i'm talking to you mr cho which like whoa with that energy that's given look at me when i'm talking to you boy like really anyway somebody else asked does tiktok scan our faces does it access our camera yeah to use videos i mean but we don't really like scan faces or whatever unless you have a filter like a sunglass filter and you know you're scanning your eyes for the pupil oh that's creepy that's that's creepy why why do you need to know where our eyes are like why do you need to know you're trying to spy on us like dilated eyes or something like why do you do because it's a sunglass filter and we need to know where your face is another congressman asked them asked him um how many children have died from doing TikTok challenges? And this is why I really started to get pissed because that was a talking point for them. We're doing this for our kids. We need to protect our children. You know, I can't give you a statistical number on how many people have died during TikTok challenges. You know what I can give you a statistical number on? How many people, how many children have died due to gun violence, which is like the highest form of death in America? Like, but we don't want to talk about gun reform. Y'all don't care about those kids. Y'all don't care if those kids see first grade. You know how I know y'all don't care? Because these are the same people who are sitting stoic, stone-faced, when the parents of the Uvalde school shooting were begging them for gun reform, and they just sat there. They just sat there with that, guns don't kill people, people kill people. Like, really. Y'all don't care about those kids. Y'all don't, it, it really aggravates me. Y'all care more about kids uh, playing with guns on a game on a video game that y'all do in real life be so for real you do not care about those kids um another one was like you know damn well tiktok is da -da -da -da, and then and it's like whoa see me personally that ceo is so much better than me because me personally at this point look i haven't cussed at you please don't cuss at me if we want to have that kind of language we can but please don't cuss at me because i didn't cuss at you like seriously seriously Another one was like, um, you said you, cause in his opening statement, he was like, we will protect American data, like a firewall from Chinese government and all of that. And this was a democratic person, I think. And they were like, I don't believe that. I don't know if they called it malarkey or ridiculous or something, but they said something along those lines. It's like y'all already made up y'all minds. And then another person uh, was like, I know people are going to think we're just dinosaurs who don't understand technology. You don't you don't you don't you didn't have this technology when you were coming up you didn't even have this technology when you were like starting out your political career and now you want to sit here and, and talk to somebody who like 
built an app about that technology when you don't even know anything about does it connect to the wi-fi that was a gotcha moment that they were trying to have but in turn made you look so freaking stupid bro honestly and so i I just felt so sorry for that guy because they had they had already made up their minds there was no need for him to be there to me it came off like he thought he was gonna like answer some real questions and try to figure out the best way to keep the app going here and come to some type of agreement but they had already made up their minds so tiktok may very well get banned but it's like you know how much crap i can go find on twitter videos of dead bodies soft porn all that where's this conversation about twitter instagram with the sex bots do you know how often i am flooded with sex bots and one time i put on my story at instagram stop the sex bots and i got even more flooded like snapchat older people on snapchat because you know snapchat is really like a young person's uh app you got all these old creepy people on snapchat trying to get at young people facebook sells information and all this type of misinformation where's this conference because logically if that's y'all's concern selling data it needs to happen for all social medias tiktok like any other social media it has its downsides me personally i get aggravated with tiktok every time they mute one of my videos because the sound exceeds the limit but it doesn't and the sound in fact came from tiktok but on the other side it has a positive side like any other social media app personally on my podcast here i get more engagement from tiktok than i do from any other platform using the same hashtags i get more engagement and views from tiktok which y'all go follow my my socials both mine and kaya's commentary but you know go follow my socials instagram and twitter too and tiktok but yeah i get more engagement from tiktok than i do anywhere else as far as like content like uh trivias and all that other stuff that you know i do just to keep my channel alive and interesting right and so this is like a conspiracy theory i would say but it's really a logical one so i probably shouldn't say it but i'm gonna say it anyway a lot of people have been talking about this is meta's doing because they meta thinks that once they get tiktok out of the way people are gonna go back to instagram and facebook and it's like no now facebook really is for like baby boomers like yeah there are some other some younger people still on facebook but it's really like baby boomers and family stuff instagram is millennial and young gen z um twitter is for anybody who wants to kind of just wants to come and rant but like just rant snapchat is for young people tiktok is really where it all comes together and oftentimes you find a lot of information on tiktok and that's another talking point that people are like y'all don't like that people are talking information on this app because ironically enough all the misinformation and the gotcha moments that they were spreading in that congressional hearing you got people on tiktok coming to tiktok being like actually this is the real information that's what y'all hate there there it is like i don't think we should ban tiktok you have a lot of people getting their start off tiktok yeah you got mediocre people getting their start off tiktok but also you have a lot of genuinely talented people dancers content creators podcasts all this stuff getting their start off tiktok businesses books people are reading more books on tiktok because of book talk which i i ain't gonna lie book talk might be a dangerous thing because some of them books on there i I don't take book recommendations online but anyway it's still beneficial 
I don't think we should ban TikTok. I think this is ridiculous that this is the way y'all bipartisanly come together. Not gun reform, not the housing issues, not even kids having to pay for school lunch even though they're required to go to school. TikTok, the banning of TikTok, be so for real. If you can't be anything else, be so for real. I don't think TikTok should be banned and I think you guys are stupid, you're dinosaurs who don't know anything about technology and you really just showed the entire world how stupid you are. And with that, let's kick into our next segment, What's on TV? Where I give my commentary on a TV show I've seen. Today's show, You Season 4. So this will contain spoilers. I will put a timestamp on the screen where you need to skip to so that you don't get spoiled. Um, but it came out they split netflix split it into two parts so the first part aired in like february early february and it was a whodunit and then the second part aired early march and it was just a finishing it was finishing up everything that happened in part one so let's get into it so joe kills love quinn and he follows i don't know if her name is mirian or marion I want to say Marion because of the Music Man, a Music Man reference, Madam Librarian Marion. So I'm gonna call her Marion. So he follows Marion to Paris, and he finds her, and she's like, "Yo, you're insane. I don't want you anywhere near me. I, I just want to be with my daughter. You know, she's with a friend right now, but she, she's expecting me back. And he's like, I don't want to hurt you. I, I thought you'd be happy to see me. Yeah, until I figured out how crazy you were. If you're here." That means love's not. That means you killed love. You chopped off your foot to do it. You told her to do it. And you probably... And then, because love told her about all the other stuff that he's done. She's like, you killed my husband. Like, you, you're insane. I just want to go with my kid. And so Joe's like, okay, leave. To show you that I'm a different person, you can leave. So Love Quinn's family hires a private investigator. He finds Joe and he's like... Or not really a private investigator. Maybe like an assassin. But he's like, I don't want to kill you, right? I just, I just want to retire. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of money. I'm going to set you up in London as Jonathan Moore. The only thing you need to do is you need to go kill Miriam because she's the only one who knows your secret. Uh, send me proof that you've done that. And then I'll give you the money and identity and you can go to London. So Joe finds Miriam at the train station. He takes her necklace and then sends that as proof that he killed Miriam. And then he gets the money. He goes to London. Um, so there are new characters. There's Malcolm, Gemma, Kate, Phoebe, um, who else? Simon and Sophia, uh, Roland, Reese, and two more people like Connie and some black heiress that really their characters are there to just um, emphasize that rich people suck, right? So Malcolm helps Jonathan, Joe, get a job at a college that he teaches at. There's also Nadia. I might mess up and call her Nadine. I don't know why I want to call her Nadine. Her name is Nadia. So if I say Nadine, I mean Nadia. So um, Joe gets a teaching job and it's all good. And then Malcolm invites him to party with his rich friends. And he's like, eh, I don't know. But he goes out anyway. They drug Joe. So Joe can't even remember half that night. Um, he wakes up in the morning at home. Malcolm did get him home. So he wakes up in the morning at home and Malcolm is dead on his table. And he's like, who did this? Did I do this? No, I didn't do this. Who did this? And so Malcolm and Kate were uh, in a relationship. 
So Kate reports his body missing, the police are looking, but they won't find Malcolm because Joe chopped up his body parts and threw it all over the country. So <laughs> they, they won't find his body. Um, shortly after that, Simon... Yes, Simon gets killed and his ear gets chopped off. And so Joe's like, oh, there's an Eat the Rich killer out there. And he's targeting y'all. I need to keep y'all safe. Or at the very least, I need to keep Kate safe. So for some reason, he starts low-key obsessing over Kate, but not in like the way he does. He starts getting messages from somebody who knows that it's actually him, that it's actually Joe. And is like threatening him. And they're like threatening. And so he's like, okay, I don't really like Kate. She's kind of... She's kind of mean, she's kind of horrid, but let's try to keep her alive, right? So they end up going to Phoebe's, who's the most sympathetic, most tolerable of the rich people. And Adam. Adam is Phoebe's boyfriend. So uh, they go to Phoebe's estate and they chill there, they party there. Joe is still trying to figure out who's texting him and, and what's happening. And so, along the lines, stuff happens, and Gemma was like, oh, you might be the Ether Rich killer. People started dying when you came around, so Gemma ends up dead. Mm. And so, Joe was like, I didn't do this. Kate finds Gemma's body, and she's like, I didn't do it either, but she was in my room. Let's hide her body. Uh, then Roland, who has an obsession with Kate, finds out, and is like, this is the Ether Rich killer. We're, we're gonna kill him i'm gonna take him into the woods and so joe's running for his life in the woods they both get attacked they wake up in a or joe wakes up in a um dungeon at the estate and we find out that it's reese so reese and joe have a similar background and that they have had a impoverished childhood and both kind of came up anyway and so reese is running for mayor too and so he's like we got a lot in common so here's what's gonna happen you're gonna kill roland and you're gonna blame the murders on him and then he knocks, he comes back to find Joe trying to escape. And he's like, see, I thought we had something, but we didn't. So I'm going to kill you too. So he knocks over a fire and the dungeon gets like on fire. Roland wakes up. They slip out of their chains. Kate helps them escape the dungeon. And that's really kind of part one, right? There's some added stuff in there like Adam, Phoebe's boyfriend. For some reason, he thinks he's beneath her. He has he has a golden shower fetish and so he'll have servants golden shower him and so when phoebe tried to do that because she was like i, I love you i, I want to do this to make us work so if this is what makes it work okay he's like it's not working because it's just not and she's like you think you're beneath me why do you think you're beneath me but you can see that they actually like each other right like they're in love right that's part one we get to part two and Kate and Jonathan have gotten closer. Jonathan and Joe have gotten closer. They're in a relation. Well, they try to be in a relationship, but Joe is like, no, until I figure out who is stalking me, I can't do it. So he leaves Kate alone for then, for the moment being. Phoebe has terrible PTSD from like her friends getting killed, her estate getting burned, the Ether Rich killer. So she's like suffering psychotic, not total psychotic breaks, but ptsd kate is like let's get you some help it's totally fine but then adam comes in and now adam is broke he lost all his money and so he ends up being like a really horrible person and it's so wild because it's like a complete 180 he was a jerk in part one he was still a rich jerk in part one but then 
but he still loved her, right? Part two comes and it's just like, he's just using her for her money. He doesn't take her to the facility like uh, Kate had planned. He, he proposes to her, they get married, he takes her money and then locks her up in um, a psychiatric hospital. So Kate complains to her father about this. Now Kate has been trying to stay away from her father because her father's really influential tycoon. And so when she was like 19, she gave a whole bunch of kids cancer under her father's orders and then couldn't live with it. So she ran away to London. Um, here's my thing about her father. I don't know if they were London born and then went to the States and then she returned to London or if they were States born and then she went to London. But Kate has a very heavy, not Cockney, but very heavy uh, London accent, right? And her dad has a very Western, white male, uh, capitalistic voice, right? That's just weird to me. Like, something's not connecting here. A anyway, so she tries to stay away from her dad, but her dad comes to visit and is like, I want you to take over this... Um, my business right and she's like no i don't want anything to do with you he's like but you already have everything to do with me everything every achievement that you've gotten here is because i gave it to you i left you alone and let you think that you got it on your own but you didn't and so now i'm tired of playing the game i need you to help me run my company because i, I want you there and she's like you like an investment you don't even love me he's like i still need you there so she tells her dad um about Adam and then he has Adam killed and she's like what did you do and that's where she finds out that he was still a very big part of her life so in part two here's another thing that we find out a really big thing that we find out Reese has kidnapped Marion and has hidden her away somewhere and so he's like if you don't kill Kate's dad because Kate and Reese have this not Kate and Reese, but Kate's, yeah, Kate's dad and Reese have this competition or something. I don't know. They're in each other's way. And so he's like, you're going to kill Tom, the dad. And if you don't, I'll kill Miriam. And so Tom is like, you could kill me or you could kill Reese. I know where he went. Here you go. So Joe goes to Reese and he's like, tell me where Miriam is. And he's like, I've never heard that name before. I don't know you. What is happening? And so Joe accidentally kills him. He tortures him and then he accidentally kills him and then a manifestation of Reese comes up and he's like he was telling the truth he didn't know you but Miriam is locked away and then we find out Joe has had a psychotic break that was a good twist I ain't even gonna lie that was a good twist um Joe has had a psychotic break he actually did not let Miriam go he drugged her and he took her to one of his famous boxes in a dungeon somewhere or basement somewhere and he's been keeping her there and then he just randomly stopped feeding her so he doesn't even remember where she is so he's trying to find his way through there um another thing to note is that when part two starts so nadine nadia see i told you i was gonna do it nadia has a decent relationship with joe he she's a writer and so when we were in part one with the Who Done It she was helping him with that she was like well if you're writing a whodunit 
it's actually like a really kind of fun formula but your first victim or your second suspect is your first suspect is always your second victim right so she was helping him out and then we get to part two and she notices he has all these rich friends and one of those friends is phoebe and she, she's a fan of phoebe and so she's like can you introduce me he was like yeah maybe later so phoebe had a stalker herself and she momentarily took her hostage to quote-unquote protect her so joe comes in and kind of saves her and so nadia is eavesdropping and she hears uh phoebe say uh, the hero again and so nadia is now talking to her boyfriend it's like don't you find it weird what does she mean by the hero again don't you find it weird that this professor has all these rich friends and stuff it's weird which not weird enough to start digging into him but okay so nadia finds miriam and miriam tells her who joe is and they're like let's come up with a plan so the only way to get him out the way to keep him from coming back to look for you is if he's dead um miriam was like i'll kill him and nadia was like okay but let's go for a second plan just in case what if we fake your death so they fake miriam's death joe finally finds her and um after a a little conversing they fake her death and they get her out of there joe dumps her body at a park on a bench or whatever they fake her death Ma uh, nadia revives her and then miriam is clean she's gone but nadia continues to look into it again this really wasn't something that was her business to be looking into like that but i i can appreciate it because i thought she was gonna be the one to catch joe right so joe is struggling with his inner darkness that's what this manifestation of race is his inner darkness and so he's been he's getting very suicidal about it right so he um in one of his final acts he kills tom case dad because tom was really kind of trying to set him up so he killed reese's body and they did find dna on the body but they hadn't tested it yet so he kills Tom and then he goes to a bridge. He throws the manifestation of his darkness off the bridge and then jumps. And you think that's going to be the end. But it's not because a patrolling boat finds his body and they're able to revive him to take him to the hospital. And Kate comes in and was like, did you jump or, were you, or did you fall? He was like, if we're going to do this, we got to do it right. Let me be honest. I jumped. My name is Joe. Here's the horrible things I've done. So on Nadia's side, she and her boyfriend are looking for, um, they're looking in Joe's apartment because if he's obsessive, he has to have kept something, right? So this season, he, the whole point that the darkness is a manifestation of Reese is that he became obsessed with Reese. He started doing all this keeping of Reese stuff because they had a similar background. So I don't, he took interest in it. And so they find nadia finds the box and is like okay let me call my boyfriend so let's let's he's supposed to be the getaway driver she's looking for him and then she finds his dead body and joe comes up and is like what's up girl how you doing i don't want to kill you i want you to live a long happy life you're a good person but uh let's delete these pictures off your phone uh here take this bloody knife that you used to stab your boyfriend let me tell you why you stabbed him because there are going to be a box of Reese things in your apartment but you're gonna say you found them at your boyfriend's apartment which why not just put them in her boyfriend's apartment but okay they're gonna be in your apartment but you're gonna tell the police that you found them at your boyfriend's apartment he was obsessed with Reese. he was the eat the rich killer and you killed him in self-defense nadia in shock doesn't say any of that when the police come and so she's rotting in jail and kate uh she 
she knows all about Joe now, and so PR team, she she wipes it all away. He gets to go back to being Joe Goldberg because of her PR team. And so they have this. Here's how I uh, just barely survived love Quinn. He's coming to terms with his darkness, and he's a supportive boyfriend to Kate. And that's the show. My commentary on you season four. Here it goes. I'm frustrated. I am really frustrated with this show because it seems like it's getting lost on the writers that we're not supposed to root for Joe. Joe doesn't get a happy ending. He does not get a happy ending and we're not supposed to root for him. The actor himself is like, hey, this dude's weird. Don't root for him. Don't root for him. He's creep. He's creep. He's creep. And yet you have the writing him always getting away with it. Always. And honestly, and I could be wrong, but this felt like a series finale it really kind of did feel like a series finale I don't know if they're gonna do a season five but it really did feel like a series finale and it's like this could have very well been the season he got caught um it could have been Nadia Nadia could have taken down by a student an aspiring writer like instead she's rotting in jail which I really don't like like again I don't know why she just dug so much but now she's rotting in jail and it's like this season actually could have been season one or even season two so Miriam he thinks she's dead and while she has no intentions of getting him dead to right like Candace did um she could Nadia uh her boyfriend's dad is a journalist all she got to do is call him up and be like hey I'm gonna plant some seeds of doubt in your mind so you don't think I killed your son like everyone is saying you go do their research and let's see what you come up with uh, Kate, which I don't really like Kate. They, they really hone in that Kate is emotionally stunted for lack of better words. Her mother honed in, don't cry, don't show emotion, any of any kind, just be stoic. And so, yeah, we see her being happy with Joe, but we also see that she has issue taking compliments and that showing any type of emotion, right? And so that's all I see. They really kind of drilled it in. And so it's like, dull emotionless Kate that's all I see did not care for Kate as a character just didn't anyway she's on the same level with love on some levels anyway so they're both rich although Kate is arguably richer um and has more influence they're both rich they're both okay with Joe being crazy and yet that didn't click on Joe Ugh, there's a piece of hair in my eye <laughs> unless but that didn't click on Joe right so I would say that Kate is love she's a little quote-unquote less crazy but she is love right and you could say that oh joe wasn't ready to come to terms with his dark side when he was with love and love kept killing people but love is joe love is joe she's the female version of him and he couldn't handle it that's it he was he was at terms with his dark side he just this is a cycle this whole season beat in that this is a cycle for him so eventually he's gonna do the same thing to kate i don't know why that's not dawning on her but like it's a cycle he's gonna do the same thing to her you know there is a scene where he's having his psychotic break and he's uh hallucinating they bring love back they bring um beck back and they have Gemma there and it's like I really liked this scene. I really did. And it just reminded me that this show started off as something in something else entirely, right? 
Um, cause I started this season, I thought I started this show thinking, okay, he's gonna get caught by season one. Oh, he didn't? Dang, okay, let's see how he do in California. Oh, she knows about it? Oh, okay, let's see how they, far they go. Oh, he kills her because she's so much like him? Like, all I know is that this show, that hallucination just reminded me that this show started off as something else and that it probably would still be more interesting if it was just one or two of those women still in the show because part one was really kind of boring for me i like a whodunit but it was really kind of boring for me part two did throw me it did throw me in a good way yes but ultimately i'm sick of joe getting in the way with it and like what are you trying to say that the white male finds the girl with power or whatever or just uses his white power and eventually just always gets away with it because if you're saying that you could just you could have done that with adam you could have done that with Adam. Like, I'm, I'm tired. I am tired of Joe getting away with it. Like, I don't know if they're going to do a season five. If they do, it'll be a hate watch for me. But Joe needs to be captured. He needs to be caught by the authorities and then gang shanked in prison. Like, he, he could have died this season. Not to say that suicide is the coward's way out or, or selfish or whatever or easy or whatever um but for joe it was and while i don't think he should have died by a suicide he still should have died so if there is another season it would be a hate watch for me and i'm just watching this to see if joe will finally get his conumpance because this is insane this is insane that that after he, he still he's still kicking he still gets happy this is a cycle you honed in that this is a cycle the only way that cycle ends is if he ends. Why are we dragging out his ending? Come on now. I I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not impressed. I I'm very frustrated. I'm very aggravated. It feels like the writers have forgotten that we're not supposed to root for Joe. Honestly. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating. I would give this season 7.5 out of 10. It's frustrating. I need Joe to get his canumpus by now. It's frustrating. But with that, let's kick into our next segment, Book Aggravations, where I give my commentary on something that happens in a book or a trope or whatever that just aggravates me. Today's aggravation, getting married or engaged or with your family's ex, right? So let's say it's, it's two sisters and the sister has a boyfriend and she breaks up with him because he was cheating with her sister. And then they proceed to get married, engaged and married, and then invite her to the wedding. And then she goes. And then like how this, this trope always starts off is that, so it'll start off as a way for the protagonist to meet a new love interest, but it always start off with, I need a date for this wedding. So they don't think that I'm not over this because I am over it. Then why are you going? Like. You're, you're not over it and that's okay your ex cheated on you with your sister your brother your aunt your cousin your family and then got engaged to them and then invited you to the wedding didn't even have the decency to elope because everybody in your family knows that this person used to be dating your sister your brother your whatever your family member right and now you're getting engaged and, and marrying them. And we just want to see her be like, that's normal. That's not at all. You know, like we're all happy. Then you got the decency to elope. Like, you're not okay. 
You're not okay with that. Why are you trying to find a wedding to go to that you don't even want to go to? It just, it, I can't express to y'all how much this aggravates me because why? Me personally, if, if you invite me to your wedding and you know, like, you cheated on me with this person, my family person, member or whatever, and then y'all invite me to the wedding thinking I'm not finna act a fool? Not because I'm, like, not over it. I may be over it, but it's the audacity of you thinking that I was just gonna show up and be a pleasant person. Be for real. Be so for real. These protagonists be so better to me because, like, you're not over it. Why are you going to this wedding you don't want to go to? It, it, what they did was you, to you was dirty. What they did to you was dirty. You have no obligation to go. Your family, your family should understand why you're not there. Half your family shouldn't even be there. Like, I don't, I can't tell y'all how much this aggravates me, but it aggravates me beyond explanation. Like, why are you going to this wedding? You don't want to go. Why? All, all the tropes that y'all could do to, to get the protagonist uh, a love interest. And y'all choose this. This is this is right up there with the surprise baby. I hate that trope because it's like a one night stand and then they come together over a baby. Like, there's no chemistry there. That baby just brought them there. Like, that's a whole other topic. But like, it's right up there with it. You're not okay with it. You shouldn't have to go. You shouldn't be like, oh, let me find a date to show you how override. You're not. You're not. And that's okay. Me personally, I will act a complete fool. You're not going to invite me to this event thinking I'm just going to be pleasant. Whether I'm over it or not, and most times I might even be over it. But it's like, you thought I was going to sit here and let you take cute photo? Y'all going to have a, a security escorting me out. That's all I'm saying. It's stupid to me. But with that, that's my book aggravation. Let's kick it into our next segment, Unpopular Opinions, where I give my commentary on an unpopular opinion I have. Today's unpopular opinion, white feminism. Yeah, I talked about this a little in my last episode, but um, after the whole Angela Bassett, Jamie Lee Curtis thing, it just, it just honed in on me that white feminism, they're in a whole other category, right? Like a whole other category and I, I can't stand white feminists i said it i cannot stand white feminists you know why because oftentimes you're not fighting for all women you're fighting for white women and the power that white women have because flip the script if jamie lee curtis has sat there stone-faced or you know just had her moment of dang all right but you know, congratulations. Y'all would have said that is so girl boss. She's defying everything. A uh, total power move. Like, and then this, it's a whole TikTok trend about white women rage uh, with some type of sound. And all I think of is just that if black women or women of color were doing the same thing, y'all will call them petulant childs. Y'all will call them ungraceful. Y'all will call them sore losers. I hate white feminists i said it now of course not all white feminists but for the most part white feminists i hate them i cannot stand them um i remember i had a feminist class and the professor asked uh, is anyone in here not a feminist i said i'm not a feminist and i really wish i could have thought of this example when i was in that class because i know the rest of them students walked out thinking that i just hated white women and i don't hate white women but like i couldn't eloquently explain why there's something about white feminism that is just like ick 
you don't fight for all women. I, I was having a conversation about my uh, about this with my friend, and she she summed it up for me. Like white feminism, it's like a competition, right? So you could be like, as a black woman, oh, I am so tired. Then you have a white feminist, oh girl, I am even more tired than you. Yeah, I I know all about being tired. Black woman, oh, yeah, I'm working on like four hours of sleep. Girl, I am working on two and a half hours of sleep and coffee. Like. I know, like they turn it into a competition. And oftentimes that's what it is. As a black woman or a woman of color, we're not allowed to have emotions or moments of rage or sadness or anything because you should be supporting your, especially if it's a white woman involved and you should be in supporting your fellow woman. I just don't understand how you can't support your fellow woman. Fe like white feminists are on a, an entirely different level and i don't support white feminists i don't even support all women i'm be honest i don't even support all women and on not supporting all women that's for pick me's and whatever because like there it's not even just a race thing there because there are some black and people of color uh pick me's and there are some black and women of color uh people that just support the male hierarchy right and it's like i, I don't i don't support y'all i don't support y'all but like white feminists you don't support all women you support white women and the power that you have as white women because as white women you're still up there you might not be up the ladder like white men are but you're still up there as far as like in the women's league right and the fact that a lot of y'all won't even address that because oh we're women we're all women we all face the same problems no we don't no we don't not when as a black woman uh apparently can't even have a few seconds to compose myself on screen or my doctor is sitting here telling me oh you don't need an x-ray you're fine because black women can handle more pain than white women or any other woman like we're not the same yes we share a sisterhood and like being women but as far as the different levels of of trials and tribulations we face they're different and half the time white feminists don't even want to address that because they they then they'd have to address their own power in it and don't want to because they want to keep it like i can't stand white feminists because they then you, they try to gaslight us right you should support all women because we're all women and we have the same pain and you're not shows that you're not a feminist you don't care about women i'm not a feminist and i don't care about most women if this is how you're gonna act like like I it's 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 like there's the intersexuality gets into it, right? There is an intersexuality not intersexuality, inter Yeah. And so intersection, right? Uh and so like black people, right? As black people, we face different levels of, of trials and tribulations. A black queer person does not face the same uh trials and tribulations as uh a straight black male right because oftentimes straight black males are furthering the white patriarch right oftentimes not not most time, not not all the time but you know but they don't want to acknowledge that it's the same freaking thing like y'all are so purposely obtuse and gaslighting and it's think that i'm supposed to sit here and support you because i'm a woman and you're a woman and the males who keep us down are the ones we should be fighting against the white women who keep us down should also be fought against you know that intersection that you want to ignore it's there white feminists ignore that 
and then try to gaslight us and then keep us from having like women like our rage moments and it sucks i hate white feminists i cannot stand y'all cannot freaking stand them i hate them i'm sorry like sorry not sorry and of course not all white feminists but like a lot because y'all don't fight for all women you fight for your womanhood and your power and your ability to keep your power as a white woman and until you unlearn that you acknowledge and unlearn that we will always be have like a different level and i'm gonna stay in my black womanhood as far as as opposed to like feminism no can't do it but that's just an unpopular opinion that i have and that's Kaya's commentary. If you like this episode, like this episode, give it a thumbs up, hit the subscribe slash follow button, leave a comment down below, let me know any of your thoughts, be respectful, but certainly let me know any of your thoughts and opinions on any of the segments that I had. And with that, I'll see you next week.